Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to share today on something I've called, Where Do You Live?, And I want to explore just a couple of things quickly. As I've said a few times, I've done a little bit of research on the area around here, this specific area where most of us live anyway, southern Adelaide, let's say. And um, where you live, it's, it's one of those things that defines you in a lot of ways, doesn't it? It, it's how you carry your atmosphere is a lot about where you live, how you live, what your private life looks like and what you eat and what you enjoy and what you listen to. A lot of that happens from the place that you live. And so where you live says a lot about you. This area in particular, we know we've got Ranella from John Raynal and Morfitt from John Morford, and there's probably other Johns around as well, seemed to be the name of the day in the 1800s, didn't it? But uh, the whole lot of this area is named after families who settled in this area in the early to mid 1800s. And it's actually defined our area in some ways, vineyards and agriculture, and um, there was some mining and some trading and ship industry and It's still to this day, you can see the fingerprints of that all over this area. And so we are defined by how some of our forefathers lived. And Aboriginal people, some of the cultural things that they had in this area, we're still defined by. And a lot of those things are great things. And so we can actually celebrate some of those things about where we live. As I've said before, sometimes we in the southern Adelaide can think down on ourselves. And I think that this is something that we need to change because I think we live in the most blessed area in Australia. And I actually mean that because I was in Sydney last week driving through their traffic and it's just mayhem. And I, you know, I'm driving through the tunnels or heading towards the tunnel. There's a sign that says, wind up your windows and put your air conditioning on recycle. And I'm thinking, it's that toxic here that you can't even breathe the air. Uh, Now, Sydney people listening to the podcast, bless you, enjoy your toxins. But we do not have that problem here in Adelaide. And and we're blessed because of it. Uh, Adelaide in and of itself, I was listening to the radio when I was also in Sydney, and they made a mockery of Adelaide. And they're actually saying, oh, oh, don't worry, it's not Adelaide. And they were talking, you know, down about us as if to say, you know, we're, we're the backwaters, the bywaters. And, and I'm thinking, well, hey, you can laugh all you like, but you're breathing in all those toxins as you're driving to work. And, uh, but there's so much we have to celebrate. And a lot of that's because of our um, great heritage our great heritage. Where we live says a lot about us. You can think of your own, maybe your own house, your own bedroom. There's Maybe there's stuff everywhere. That's what happens. And then Saturday, we have a clean through. Just make sure everything's okay to start the week. But what you eat, what you live, what you watch, the private life, all of this stuff, it sets an atmosphere around us. And it says a lot about us. 
Luke 6.45, I think we've got this verse. This is the central verse of what I want to share today. It says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Where you live says a lot about you. How you live says a lot about you. And I don't so much mean the suburb you live in. What I mean is actually where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your time thinking? Where do you spend your time speaking? Where do you spend your time as a person? How much energy do you consume in certain areas of your life? In those areas, that is typically the type of person you're going to be. The mouth speaks of the overflow of the heart. The way we speak is just an evidence of our heart. And we can't hide it. We shouldn't hide it ultimately because hopefully there's good stuff coming out. And let's assume there is. It's a sign that there's good stuff going on in our heart. And I want to make a couple of points today. And the, and the first one is that where we live, that place that we spend our time, is one of the most important parts of our life. Not just talking about our suburb, but actually where in our heart, where in our mind, where in our spirit do we actually live? What do we think about? What are we dreaming about? What are we dwelling on? And if we can make that personal place a place of prosperity, then out of our heart will flow living water. And we're actually created to be people who will speak life, aren't we? who will speak upgrades over people, who will uplift other people. And when they're around us, they go away with an upgrade because they've been with us. I like people like that. I like hanging around people like that. Because when you come away from them, you actually feel better about yourself. That's actually a prophetic person. Do you know that? A prophetic person will make other people feel good because there's an exhortation spirit in them. It's not one who will tear down or see bad things over people. It will actually lift people up. And that's the type of person we want to be. If we, on the other hand, maybe we've had brokenness and rejection and offences and some hurt over our lives. If we still live from that place, then we'll actually be giving out some of that to other people. We don't want to live from a broken place, do we? Because we will, A, we'll be forgetting about the power of the cross and we're not going to be a testimony to the cleansing blood of Jesus that washes away sin, that heals brokenness, that gives life and gives hope and destiny to us and for people around us. If we're still holding on to brokenness and rejection and offence and hurt and insecurity, then we're actually living out of that place. Others are going to be catching it when we're around us. And we don't want that. We want to be people who will empower other people, don't we? Just tap the person on the shoulder next to you and say, I want to empower you this morning. Didn't that feel good just to even say that? Just to say that. We want to be people that will empower other people, not tear other people down. But we can only do that if we're coming from a place of where we live, of fullness, of wholeness and of strength. 
If we come from a place of offence and negativity and hurt, then we're actually going to be giving that out to other people and we're going to actually pull other people down. And this is not the testimony of Jesus Christ, is it? It's not our story. Our story is one of healing and wholeness and strength, not rejection, but sonship. It's the opposite to rejection is sonship. Sonship. And it's for males and females. It's a spirit of sonship. It's, it's where Jesus cried out to his father and he said, Dad, Father. And that's that spirit of sonship, which is a, a witness to us that we don't live as orphans. We don't live in lack. We don't live in offense. We don't live in brokenness anymore because we don't want that to come out of us. So sometimes it's kind of a two-way street, I find, with talking like this and with the gospel. And I want to read another passage to us. Actually, I'll read that. No, actually, I'll read it now because it's very apt because we just had communion. 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 27. There's a few verses here and it says, Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. It's kind of a heavy word, isn't it? But it's truth. Sometimes truth is heavy. But when it sets us free, it brings life. And so sometimes when we read things like this, we can go, hmm, okay, that's kind of dour for a Sunday morning on Father's Day. Ryan wants more of it. But let me tell you, I was reading this a few weeks ago and it hit me. You know when you read a verse and it just hits you? This one hit me because I thought to myself, my goodness, if this is the Word of God and if this is true, then He takes very, very seriously His blood and His body. Very seriously. So much so then, and I haven't ever heard anyone speak on this, to be honest with you, so I'm not copycat preaching this morning, but I'm just taking the Word of God as it says it. And it says a lot of people are sick and even die early because they're not willing to judge their own hearts. They're not willing to get serious with their own spirits and their own heart's condition, maybe still living out of brokenness and rejection and hurt. And some of those things are terrible things. But as believers, we're not allowed to stay there. We're not allowed to live out of that stuff anymore because it's been dealt with. And if we're still living out of that stuff, it's illegal for us. We're crossing the lines. We've got a foot in both camps and we're not allowed to have a foot in both camps, are we? Who wants fresh water and salt water? No one wants to drink it. It's disgusting. Even if it's got a couple of drops of salt water in there, it doesn't taste fresh. But the gospel is fresh. It's like a double-edged sword. On one edge, it cuts through and it's beautiful. It slices the meat. On the other edge, it cuts through our very spirits and brings truth. And sometimes that's what we need. And that's what I find when I read things like that. And that's why I probably had the, the good fortune, if you like, of being able to read this a couple of weeks ago. So before I had communion, I dealt with every bit of crap I had in my life. We've all got stuff, haven't we? We've all got stuff we have to deal with. And I believe that actually communion time is just really the tip of the iceberg of 
the blood and the body of Jesus. We really live in communion with Him, don't we? We live in communion with Him. But this is specifically saying, if you're going to be a testimony and a witness for Jesus Christ, then you need to make sure you live for me. You need to make sure that stuff is dealt with. And I don't want to so much bring a heavy word today, but I want to bring truth so we can get an upgrade in victory. Because if we stay in the same place, carrying stuff and thinking it's okay to have that stuff and still live in communion with Jesus, all the while He's been trying to point out some stuff in our lives, then we bring judgment on ourselves. And then the Bible actually says, and you know, this is something that we just got to take as the Word of God. It's not something anyone can really bring, I believe, too much specific application to. Uh, let a person examine himself then so that, uh, so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, as in discerning our own body, discerning what his body means to us, but our own posture toward that, as in whether we're in sin or whether we have wrong attitudes, whether we have unforgiveness, these things are big things. And this is what it's talking about. Eats and drinks judgment on himself. Now, the good news is this. It's talking about himself. So ladies, you get off scot-free. I'm just kidding. Wouldn't it be great if you could always apply scripture like that? It's talking about all of us. It's talking about all of us. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. I mean, this is, this is a whole nother day and I'm going to leave that to theologians to deal with. But have a think about this stuff. There is power in the blood of Jesus. It's a double-edged sword, though. There's so much power in the blood of Jesus that He wants us to live pure. He wants us to live in righteousness. He wants us to live in victory. But if we, don't, if we choose to live out of brokenness and out of insecurity and fear and, and even in sin and wrong attitude, then we actually get the sharp edge of the sword, unfortunately, because He wants to sharpen us. He wants to grow us and mature us. And He wants to bring us into a place of victory. He wants to bring us into a place of purpose and destiny. And He wants to, I believe, He wants to give us upgrades. And He wants to give us more. But sometimes, even in of myself, I think, well, it's a good thing He didn't trust me with more anyway. Because I might not have been that trustworthy with what He's given me. But I'm all okay now. I had communion this morning. It's a powerful thing when we apply the Word of God to ourselves, not to anyone else, but to ourselves. And we have a look at it and we say, put a magnifying glass on ourselves and we take, take authority over our own lives and take responsibility for our own situation. And we say, what about me? What about me? What about my attitudes? What about my responses? What about my grievances, my offences? These things need to be dealt with if the body of Christ is going to have authority in this nation. I believe that. I actually believe that. I know it's, it's not, it's not we, I can't put sugar and cream on top of it. I'm sorry. But if you want authority, then we walk in freedom, don't we? If you want authority and if you want purpose and if you want influence, then you make sure that you're taking responsibility for what He's given you. And then we have a look on the inside and we say, Lord, I take this word seriously. I want to get my life right. I want to do some stuff to actually mature and grow and strengthen. And I want to walk with a fresh authority. I want to walk with a fresh victory. I don't want to walk out of brokenness. 
I mean, no one wants to walk with a broken leg for the rest of their life. But some people still walk with the same brokenness of spirit, brokenness of heart, brokenness and rejection for the rest of their lives. Why? Because we won't have a look at ourselves and say, it's time I took it to the operating table of Jesus Christ and apply the blood of Jesus so I get healed, so I get free. It's a two-way street. We believe in the gospel. We believe in the power of Jesus to save, heal, deliver and set free, don't we? That's what we, that's what we believe. Sometimes it happens sovereignly, almost. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for the Lord to maybe take, take sin or take a habit or attitudes. And, and He just does it miraculously and it's amazing. Other times we've got to carry our cross to Him. And maybe it takes years. Maybe it takes months. It's okay. However it happens, we're just on that journey, aren't we? Whether it's one of those things where He comes to us and sets us free or whether we go to Him and He sets us free. Either way is right, I believe. And sometimes we give up because the journey of carrying our cross to Jesus, so to speak, the journey of actually carrying our burden and getting to Him sometimes is a hard journey because we have to get past our own stuff. And if we can get past our own stuff, I'm telling you, there's so much victory and freedom on the other side. There's so much freedom on the other side of our own issues. There's so much freedom from rejection. The Father loves us. We're His kids he doesn't want anyone rejected. He doesn't want anyone outside of his inheritance. He doesn't want anyone to go missing. And we have some lambs and Karen is like a nurturing. She's like God actually in our house. She's like God. She will not let those things go, you know, out of her sight. She keeps them in the front paddock and she's watching them out the window all the time. It's what the father's like. He's watching over you. He's watching over you, even today. Even if you don't feel it, it's okay. He's still watching over you. The Bible said He's got hold of your right hand. That's your strong arm. He's got hold of your right hand. You don't need to worry or fear or strive or struggle for purpose or for attention or for security. A spirit of adoption is waiting to take hold of us. And then we become sons and daughters of the Most High, accessible to His inheritance. What child doesn't want the inheritance? Sometimes we watch shows from, you know, the, the day in, let's say, I don't know, 16, 1700s when inheritance was a massive thing. It was a massive thing. Only, get, only gets passed down to the oldest son. And, you know, there were family wars fought for this stuff because it could only get to a certain one and wills were changed at the last minute and, you know, false wills snuck in there. And so inheritance in those days was critical, critical to the survival of that particular family line. But it's the same today. We just don't have that same awareness of what our inheritance truly is. Your inheritance is kingdom inheritance. Kingdom inheritance. Kingdom inheritance. Just have a think about what attributes you have available to you, healing and wholeness and strength and freedom. Sometimes we're only restricted by our own broken leg, by our own brokenness, attitude, habit, Rejection. We're still choosing to live out of that. We don't live in that place anymore. 
We don't live in that place anymore. We live in a new place, a new mind. We have eaten from the tree of life, not from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the tree of life wants to bring life. So when we see a problem, we bring life. When we see an issue, we don't raise it and heighten it, make it bigger. We actually become solution people. I love solution people. Give me a thousand solution people and I'm in heaven. Solution people. Be a solution provider, not a problem raiser. And and I'm saying this not even so much for church, but in any dimension of life, in your job, your career, your study. The world loves people who provide solutions. Provide solutions. It's like you can see the same problem that everyone else can, but there's something about you that wants to provide a solution. I'm telling you, I believe some of the greatest prophetic people act in that spirit. They act in that spirit. Now, maybe they never prophesy, but they have a spirit of the great prophet in them. And so they can see a situation and they see it with a cutting edge and they go, no, 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 that's not the way. That's not, that's not the way. This is the way it's going to be. That's, that's a great prophetic person. That's a mature realm. If you want to operate in a mature realm of the prophetic, start providing solutions. Hear from the heart of the Father for solutions for people and situations and bring Bring life. Bring life. Bring life. Matthew 16, 24 says this. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Sounds heavy, doesn't it? But isn't it interesting that even though sometimes we read that and it can sound heavy, actually what Jesus was saying, remember what he did at the cross. What he did at the cross was brought victory over all that old stuff. So what are you taking up? You're actually taking up victory. You're not taking up this heavy old wooden thing that sometimes we see, you know, used to see on tracks, that old wooden thing, it kind of looks heavy. I don't, don't know how anyone got saved through that, you know, because it just seems like a big burden, doesn't it? But Christ came to set us free from that. He came to set us free from burdens and heaviness and weariness and sickness and ailments and depression and anxiety and all those things, didn't he? Just poke the person next to you and say, you're free. If you want to be. You don't have to be free. Do you know that? You do not have to be free. Jesus doesn't force us to be free, but you can be if you want to be. Sometimes it means we have to get over our own brokenness, our own broken leg, our own issues to actually get to the freedom because the freedom is just a little way away from us and we have to go and get it. Just like we had to get saved and do something, we have to just go and get him. As soon as we've got him, we're in the family. Spirit of sonship comes over us and we have the inheritance of the Almighty. Today, if you're walking with Jesus, you have the inheritance of the Almighty God. Right now, in every situation you're looking at, you have his inheritance, which means you have solutions, means you have answers, means you have provision, provision, provision. If it's his vision, he'll provide provision. If it's his vision. The cross is actually, if we're to take up the cross, we're not just taking up the stuff that side of his death. We're taking up that side of the stuff of his resurrection. Because the cross depicts, yes, dying to self and sin and defeating the enemy. But as much more on the the new side of life, it depicts freedom and wholeness. And hundreds and hundreds of people, when Jesus 
rose again, came out of their graves as a sign of that new life and that power to heal and bring new life. That's what we have inside of us, the new life of Jesus Christ. It's what you have inside of you right now. Spirit of adoption, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. If you know Jesus and you love Him and you're walking with Him, that spirit of adoption is available to you. I think the powerful thing about this is really is that it doesn't stop there. We get to become those who give away that spirit of adoption. We don't save people in and of ourselves, but we actually get to operate as a kingdom family with that same spirit, that same spirit. So we don't operate in rejection anymore. We don't operate in, in any negativity. We operate in a spirit of adoption, which actually operates as one. And as one, we move together and we flow together and there's authority. There's authority when we flow together. You think about it when, you're, when you've been in a, a setting where you're with other people, maybe a, a group, maybe a, a team, sport or in your family setting. When you're flowing together, there's so much blessing, isn't there? There's freedom. That's just a little bit of the inheritance, I believe, of what the kingdom power and authority really looks like. I believe more and more across the nations, and in Australia, let's talk specifically, we're becoming aware of this, that when we unite and when we're unified and we don't tear down each other's you know, differences, but we actually celebrate them and we say, hey, if you're in Jesus, we're in Jesus, we're family. So rather than picking out all the differences, we actually celebrate it and say, all right, let's do this thing together. Politicians Non-Christian politicians have been telling Christians for years and years and years, if only you guys would get together and realise the authority and the momentum you have in this nation, if you'd stop having all the divisions and stuff and you'd actually just stand for something, man, you, you could take the nation. And, and I've heard that specifically from non-Christian politicians. And this is what it's like when we truly don't live out of that place of brokenness and rejection and that oldness, but we live in a new place. We live in a new place of inheritance, living from inheritance. I want you to stand this morning and I want to pray just for a fresh, fresh release of his, of his inheritance over us this morning. Grab hands with the person next to you. I could just feel some of you really wanted to do that. Thanks, Russ. Especially if they've got warm hands this morning. Isn't it a blessing? Just, just thank them if they've got warm hands. <laughs> Father, we thank you that we are part of your family and that you want to chase down Every one, last one of us, you want to capture us and you want to pour your blessing upon us. I pray today, Lord, if there's any wrong attitudes and stuff that we just need to deal with, that we would let go of that today. And Lord, we take it to the cross this morning, today. We take it to the cross once and for all. It's gone. It's yours. It's not ours anymore. And Lord, we ask, that you would release that inheritance, that inheritance of thinking, kingdom thinking, life, even healing. Lord, your word says that some would be blessed with special abilities, special abilities. 
We don't see enough of that in modern day Christianity. So Lord, I pray as Paul taught in 1 Corinthians, that even this morning you would release your special gifts and abilities in this place. And you distribute them as you will it. That's what 1 Corinthians says, as he wills it, he distributes his gifts. And so today, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would release, release your power and your presence in this house with a fresh anointing for breakthrough, a fresh anointing for upgrades, a fresh anointing for living from inheritance, not from debt. Living from inheritance, not from debt. You are not in deficit any longer. You are not to live from deficit any longer. Live from inheritance. Live from inherent. That's for some of you this morning. Live from His life. Live from His virtue. Even if you don't feel like you have any, live from His. Live from His. Take up His cross. Take up His cross, which is one of victory and power and authority and healing and destiny and life. Holy Spirit, I pray for an empowerment today. An empowerment today. An empowerment today. Holy Spirit. Fresh fire, fresh manner, fresh inheritance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence right now. He's just moving just gently in this place. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to increase your anointing in this place. Lift any, any old thinking, any old thinking. Just let it go in Jesus' name. Old thinking goes in Jesus' name. We give it to you this morning, Jesus. We give it to you this morning, Lord. No longer. We're not going back to our vomit. We're not going back to our vomit. We're living from inheritance. We're living from victory. The cross is a place of victory. So take up the cross. It's a place of victory. Healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, take us higher. Take us higher. Even in this region, I pray for influence. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for promotions and blessing and life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now just begin to bless the person on your left and right. Lord, we just bless them today. We speak inheritance over them. We speak a greater release, greater release, greater release of good things. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for their life. Thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for all the good gifts you've given them. We pray you'd increase your gifts and talents in and through them. Do great things, Jesus. Do great things in them. 